Today is May 15th, 2023, and the Wu-Tang Clan name generator goes online. The app turns your real name into one suited for the rap collective. Donald Glover gets his stage name from the generator, becoming Childish Gambino. This is the Crossroads Music Podcast, a weekly music discussion podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Eric, how are you tonight? I am doing well. I didn't know that's how Childish Gambino got his name. From a name generator, specifically the Wu-Tang Clan name generator. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind of neat. That's like, uh, that. that's awesome. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for the raid, Chasing Dragonflies. Welcome in, everyone um yeah we're we're just we're just gonna talk about some music uh but we're gonna first start off with your drink of choice for today eric yes as we are uh reviewing the subtract album by our fine uh you know our best friend our best friend ed sheeran uh (laughs) i chose this beer i just saw it and i was like this is this is so like him it's similar in every single way uh, this is the Brave Liver Scotch Ale. It's a Scottish ale. Um, so even though he's probably rolling around or ripping out his ginger hair, uh, because I don't think Ed Sheeran's Scottish. He's English, correct? Ooh, I actually don't know. I, I should probably I look that up. We should know this probably uh, for this. So this, look this up. Uh, it's the Brave Liver. This is from Revelstoke, British Columbia, which those of you who don't know where Revelstoke is, if you take British Columbia go into the middle it is like the middlest point almost maybe not exactly but it's it's the middle point from crossing the alberta border to bc to vancouver so uh along highway one there the brave liver scotch ale uh known as the wee heavy uh by our scottish friends this smooth scottish ale is strong and full-bodied this carefully crafted beer is made using caramel malt and has been aged on scotched, soaked rounds for uh, maximum flavor. Uh, I kind of like how they they kind of have these like little like almost um, periodic, periodic table, table. Yeah, yeah. yeah symbols, which is kind of neat. Uh, but I just love the detail of the uh, the that scotch. Looks and then at, at that, you can see uh, he has like the blue war paint on which is pretty cool i thought that was epic uh ed sharon's paternal grandparents are irish uh but right. everyone else is english so uh you know it's exactly the same uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> i will get oh any fan from the uk will just one. destroy me one <laughs> that's not a okay i feel like english. controversial statements and... should count towards music <laughs> are the same <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um very nice how's the drink it's delicious nice um let's let's get into some music talk i mean have you been mm-hmm. listening to anything of notes this past week you know i haven't listened to any albums uh as of late i have listened to a lot of singles um so uh let's where do i start off uh eric clapton and jeff beck released a single surprisingly (laughs) um because jeff beck has died so yeah how did that happen uh i mean they it must have been recorded before uh but uh it it was you could definitely tell it was just like there's certain guitar parts and and i'm wondering if they kind of layered it if they recorded it make because a lot of stuff kind of repeats itself a bit But it's them covering Moon River. So, uh, okay. I mean, like, it's not bad, but I, I feel like when you listen to the song, I think that this may have been recorded years ago because it doesn't sound like like Eric, like when he released the COVID album. Yeah, yeah. it sounded a little bit older. Uh, so I don't know what happened there. I don't know why this came out. But it did. Interesting. Okay. Um, the Night Spins, who are the band that won or that came second runner-up in that uh, show, uh, no cover. Uh, they released a, uh, like an EP, a three-song EP, 
uh which it sounds pretty good like it, it's it's like that kind of like uh i don't know how you call it like new alternative kind of rock kind of sound to it so okay like i mean it, it sounds good and young the giant did an acoustic version of their song the walk home off their uh uh the american bollywood album uh, which uh, I find is awesome. I love I love how different their acoustic stuff is compared to their original. So it kind of sounds a little unique. Um, and then the last but not least, I checked out uh, L. King, uh, Rob Schneider's daughter, who looks exactly like him, unfortunately, uh, has released uh, three songs uh, on the Apple Music Sessions, which are kind of like live off the floor uh kind of thing so uh they're good uh you could tell she's kind of getting more into country music which is interesting but it suits her voice still so nice yeah uh loon wants you to drink that in his honor because he's uh mostly scottish well then as they say on the back of this label uh to the wee heavy Um, I don't think I've been listening to anything of note this week, uh, but I do want to say I've started uh, down a rabbit hole of uh, in-ear monitors. I've started now mm-hmm. uh, researching about in-ear monitors, and I'm, I've am i purchased my first set of in-ear monitors. Uh, they're the, I don't know if the camera will pick this up, but I'm wearing them right now, so I can't take them completely off my head. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I can't hear Eric. Um, but these are the Moondrop Chews. These are like a, a budget uh, in your monitor. They're like 20 bucks. They're like so cheap, but mm-hmm. they sound really, really good. I, really? I think, yeah. I think the trebles are a bit too high on this, uh, but for 20 bucks, this thing, like the bass is amazing. The mid, the mid frequencies are amazing. It just like sounds so good for 20 bucks. Mm. Um, but this is an expensive hobby. Um, you can get like $4,000 in your monitors. Just imagine That's... wearing that on your head for a thousand dollars. Is like the technology though that that much better? Apparently, it is. Like, I th- I think these and don't quote me on this, but I think there's like two or three like drivers in this that like control the mm-hmm. bass, the mids, and the the trebles. On the super expensive ones, they ha- somehow squish in like twelve into this. That's insane. So I, I think it's like the huh. not the labor, but like the the precision machinery that's required. I think and that's uh, what you're paying for, yeah, probably. I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. This is a very bad rabbit hole to go into because like I'm gonna spend thousands of dollars on in your monitors now. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, that's sort of been what I've been doing, uh, for the most part. Um. Let's see. Let's get into um what do we usually get into? The music news? Yeah. Sure, let's do it. Let's roll it off. Uh well, talking about uh, Ed Sheeran. Uh actually, did we talk about this last time his uh copyright trial? I can't remember if we closed off on that topic. This um uh, Thinking Out Loud versus Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On song. I I think I saw something about this where he actually proved why on the Howard Stern show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Guitar. Yeah. There was a video. Yeah. Uh, well I guess yeah. we, we, we could just repeat it if we did last time. Yeah. Uh, so Ed Sheeran has officially uh, won his uh, copyright trial for the song thinking out loud. Uh, the, it wasn't the Marvin Gaye estate, but it was uh, one of the co songwriters uh, that was suing Ed Sheeran. Uh, for copyright infringement. The singer was found not liable for copyright infringement for Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. So, I mean, I sort of didn't want to really get into this too much because I think overall it's sort of a ridiculous lawsuit because uh, ultimately the, the, the argument was that the chord progressions uh, were very similar. So, like, it's a four-chord mm-hmm. song for the most part, Um the first, the third, and the fourth chords are exactly the same chords. And the second chord is essentially just an inversion uh, between Marvin Gaye's mm-hmm. song and Ed Sheeran's. So in combination with that is that the theme of the song is essentially like a sultry love song, uh, sort of slow tempo. Um, and I think, um, I think that was it. I think that was the argument, that the chords were relatively similar 
and mm-hmm. the actual like genre itself was similar, which I don't know how that is any sort of argument for copyright infringement. It's not at all. It's not at all because like then that means every blues musician would be <laughs> suing each other. Like it would be just like you can like there's those things on YouTube where you can look at like the four chord songs. Yeah. And then it's just them playing the same four chords over and over and over again, but then they keep switching between songs, yeah. but the chords aren't changing. They're the same thing. So like, you just can't, you can't do that. Yeah. Right? So like, it's sort of, it's like completely ridiculous because even uh, the melody, uh, the singing parts for both songs, they're completely different. There's no commonality between the actual melody so if you if you made the argument that the chords mm-hmm. were exactly the same and the melody on top of it was exactly the same then okay you might have an argument there but it's purely just a, a chord progression which is uh, like the building blocks of a song which is insane to me hmm. interesting yeah yeah i i agree with that sheeran on this point because like you just can't do that because then every artist is just like it just opens up this 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 yeah. such this broad case that it's like oh yeah well guess what <laughs> <laughs> um but it's funny during the trial uh ed sheeran did publicly state that if he lost this lawsuit that he would officially quit music really yeah he made that (laughs) statement that he would stop being a musician (laughs) that's amazing that's amazing which is like a pretty ballsy statement but um... i mean at that point if he did lose like if he did lose like i would agree with him just based off the circumstances of why he's being sued yeah like how do you how do you prevent that from happening in the future it's like impossible like you can't you can't do that could you um, imagine? I'm not going on tour. I'm done. <laughs> I'm just like done. Just releases this new album and just yeah. disappears. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, in other news that people are quitting music, uh, The Weeknd, his next album, will be officially his last under the name The Weeknd. So uh, he will be dropping his moniker. Uh, and uh, I assume he will be going out as a uh as a solo artist under under his like official name his legal name uh but maybe he'll pick a different pseudonym uh for his next project mm. i'm not really sure so does he have a group of people that he plays with no no no. the weekend is him um, okay it's sort of like a, a prince madonna to a certain extent like, yeah it's a stage name so alice cooper this is this is where i'm gonna have a problem with if he does come out and just uses his legal name or changes his pseudonym um i and then it just sounds exactly the same as the weekend like i just it's just okay well if you're gonna change your name change your style a bit right yeah it's what was it tim mcgraw who had a a change in name was it him when he became uh, like an emo rock star instead of a country artist uh, I thought it was, was it Garth Brooks? Oh yeah, it, it was Garth Brooks. Brooks. You're right. It's Garth, Garth, Garth Brooks. Brooks yeah. <laughs> he has to do something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, after this next album, the weekend will be, uh, officially no more, at least under that name. Interesting. Um, in other news, uh, Noel Gallagher has, uh, confirmed the 30th anniversary reissue of Definitely Maybe, uh, Oasis's debut album for 2024. Uh, it will include unheard tracks that they had for their uh, debut album, uh, but there has been no confirmation of a reunion with brother Liam Gallagher. That's gonna, It's going to happen. Do you think it's going to actually um, happen? Mark me, Kevin. <laughs> mark me. It will happen. And we will go see them live. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Like, Noel and Liam have so much money. Mm-hmm. That I don't even think if they're like a one gig, hundred million dollars each, like I don't know if they would do it. You don't think so? Like I don't think money drives them anymore because they have so much money already. They do have a lot of money. That's there's no doubt about that. But they will, they will, like they they'll they'll, they'll want to do it. I know they will. 
deep down, at least I want them to. <laughs> yeah, I want them to, but I don't know if they're ever going to get back together. It's like, yeah. I don't know. See, the good thing is, is even if they do get back together, they, there aren't, they aren't that old where right. it's not like they're going to be like terrible. Like, like you go look at like Aerosmith now, like you're going to go see Aerosmith, but it's not going to be the Aerosmith. <laughs> That they were <laughs> speaking of Aerosmith. Uh, so potentially their farewell tour, Aerosmith have announced their peace out tour, which will be uh, beginning in September in North America. Um, but unfortunately, uh, similar to very a lot of big bands these days, Ticketmaster has been caught selling bar stool seats, which is the back of the section, uh, for $400 plus fees. Wow! Oh, I'm never buying. I am never buying tickets from Ticketmaster ever again. (laughs) Screw that! So for people who haven't been to like a a stadium show or like don't remember the layout for a lot, some venues, especially like a baseball Mm -hmm. uh, stadium, you have your certain sections. So the 101s, 301s, 201s, all those ones at the back of the 201s, the lower bowl, and sometimes in the upper bowl. The very last row are essentially just a table in front of you and a bar stool, which you sit at <laughs> and you, you can watch the band that that's in front of you. Uh, they're selling them for 400 bucks right now. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Uh, like Steven Tyler can't sing anymore. So I like, and um, yeah. what's his name? Uh, Not worth it. The original drummer Kramer, uh, what's his name? Joe Kramer. Oh, I forget his first name. But he's not he's not mm-hmm. playing because he he says he's too old and can't keep up physically, which makes sense. The drummer is the most <laughs> like physically demanding uh, instrument in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, who are you going to see? It's basically like just Joe Perry, who can still play. Yeah. <laughs> Who's like, it's not worth it. Not worth it at all. Yeah. Chasing Dragonfly says it should be illegal. I mean, but the thing is, people are going to buy those tickets. That's the problem. People are still going to buy them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This is so dumb. <laughs> oh. Um. Let's see. Where should Where should we go to next? Okay. I just... We'll talk about this one, Eric. So uh, I don't know how related this is to uh, music, but it is slightly related to music. So uh, King Charles, okay, uh, King Charles III's coordination happened this last week, uh, and a lot of people were wondering where Meghan Merkel was. That was the big, big controversy, right? Uh, well, okay. there are theories out there. Uh, that a man called Sir Carl Jenkins, who uh, is a member of the band Soft Machine, uh, was actually Meghan Merkel in disguise. So there has been a photo circulating around the internet, which I'm going to throw up on the screen right now. And yes, people think yes, yes, that you are. this is Meghan Merkel in disguise attending the coronation. <laughs> <laughs> What is that? Because <laughs> it's like such oh a ridiculous looking man. Wow! Like, doesn't that mustache and the the hair on his head look fake? That's like it does look fake. It does look <laughs> fake, but it does have like like masculine kind, <laughs> kind of features. Like it it almost looks like, uh, like. It looks like Jesse Hughes from <laughs> Eagles of Death Metal. It, it does. It does. Just put a wig on. <laughs> Anyways, this is Sir called Jenkins of Soft Machine. Um, and he he just looks so ridiculous that people thought it was Meghan Merkel in disguise. That is hilarious. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> I want to meet this guy. <laughs> Um, anyways, uh, moving on to more ridiculous news. Um, so there's an upcoming book currently, uh, titled 4C, untitled Flatiron, uh, nonfiction summer 2023. So that it's just a, uh, like a, a blank title that they use as a placeholder because the title of the book hasn't been released, but all the, you know, 
publishers and and bookstores need to have sort of a placeholder. For some reason, this book is racing up the pre-order charts because there's a wild speculation that Taylor Swift wrote this book anonymously. So Swifties are now pre-ordering the book in a frenzy. Some clues are that uh, the book title and author has uh, been announced that it will be revealed on June 13th, 13 being Swift's lucky number. The book is also... (laughs) Go crazy about this. The book is also 544 pages. Five plus four plus four <laughs> equals 13. <laughs> it also <laughs> has a scheduled release date of July 9th, which is the same date referenced in Swift's song Last Kiss, a song off of Speak Now, which will be re-released on July 7th. <laughs> Interesting. So these are all So what's the book called? Uh, right Do now, it, it's just like, called? no, no, the, it's going to be released on, uh, revealed on June 13th. But right now, it's just like this nonsense name, 4C Untitled Flatiron Nonfiction Summer 2023. <clears throat> and they they just speculate that Taylor Swift wrote this book. <laughs> yes, because of all these clues that the Swifties have found. That would be hilarious if it's not. I don't think it is. It's weird that, I mean, these are all like wild conspiracies. Like, absolutely. That's like, like, could you imagine trying to write, okay, five five plus four plus four is 13. (laughs) So I have to write 544 pages in this book. Like, like you just can't go into like I I I could be wrong. Maybe some <laughs> maybe some book author or novelist out there can correct me, but I don't see you going in and writing your book saying I'm going to have this novel shall be 544 pages. Like I don't think it works like that. <laughs> Anyways, the that knows that's interesting. It's but, currently on the charts of number two for most pre-ordered book with no details. However, I'm going to contradict myself here. She is very big on coming up with these like big announcements and releases. Yeah. And doing like sneak peeks and like little clues and all her like music videos and shows and stuff, which has been interesting, Mm -hmm. but I think this is taking it too far. (laughs) This is this is this is a stretch. This is like grasping at straws. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, uh, I see. It's funny because when you, the more you think about these conspiracies, the more you're like, oh, but is it though? <laughs> <laughs> Don't go so down this rabbit hole. Let's say, let's say, if she is releasing a book, what is it about? Oh. 544 feet it's got to be like a picture book type of like one of those like tour like how can you write 544 pages like it's got to be like um one of those like tour coffee book type of things although 544 do you think it's gonna be do you think it's gonna be like a biography oh i don't think so it's too early it's too early for a biography yeah like biographies have to come at like when you're 50 or 60 or plus like this is too early yeah huh interesting anyways five plus four plus four equals 13 <laughs> five plus four yeah there, that's <laughs> this proof that's see that one is the less believable one the other one it's like i get it it's the 13th it's her lucky number right <laughs> That's that's insane. Chasing Travelize thinks that I got... someone with 4C hair would have wrote the book. <laughs> Sounds like my hair. <laughs> 4C flat iron. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. I don't know. Maybe it is by Taylor Swift, but like, why? Why pre-order this book without knowing for sure? Exactly. Just wait till it comes out. We're like, wait till the name and the author gets released. <laughs> exactly. Because, <laughs> like, what if it's like, what if it's something like so ridiculous, like, like just like gardening <laughs> one or something? So just random yeah. thing. 
by random author. This is a book about dirt. <laughs> <laughs> the different types of dirt around the world. The best-selling <laughs> book about dirt ever. Um, here's something uh, that potentially is depressing. Spotify has allowed Boomi, a AI music creator, to remain on their platform. Boomi currently creates and uploads 20,000 songs per day. Wonderful. 20,000 per day. Isn't that insane? That's crazy. How do you even listen to 20,000 songs in a day? Well, and it creates and it creates, creates and uploads. Like, what kind of, are we talking about like elevator music or like anything? Just anything from like Freddie Mercury singing, you know. Oh, no, no. well, not copyrighted stuff, but like the Rasputin song. It's quote unquote original music. <laughs> the Rasputin song. It's quote unquote original music. Um, I assume it's all instrumentals, though. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. I don't know. I think it's just uploading garbage, but. Honestly, like, I don't know. Like, what? Why do people need this? Why do people need this many songs? It just makes it so difficult to find anything. I know. It's ridiculous. And you know what's probably going to be, you know, it's probably going to be more of a pain is when you're looking for like smoke on the water and you want to listen to the original, (laughs) you're going to get prompted to listen to these bullshit creations (laughs) because it's a Spotify thing. Oh, yeah. So stupid. Uh, Talking about BS creations exclusively on Apple Music, Baby Shark the podcast is set to be released. Uh, The episodes will revolve around Baby Shark characters as they explore subjects like dinosaurs and constellations. I want to know what kids are listening to podcasts. Like what kid is listening to a podcast right now? That will actually be like, hey, mother, can you put on the Baby Shark podcast for me, please? <laughs> I would like to learn about dinosaurs today. <laughs> like, there's no way, no way that will be popular. I don't know. Baby Shark is such a name now that I don't know why it's so popular, though. Like, it's it's actually an annoying song. It's, like, extremely annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some kid songs that are, like, some Sesame Street songs that are, like, oh, this is legitimately, like, a, a good song. But, like, Baby Shark, it's, I don't I don't get it. It is it is very annoying. And that's why a business downtown plays it on repeat at <laughs> nighttime to keep the homeless from breaking into their store. <laughs> um, oh. More AI news. A scammer has managed to sell multiple quote-unquote leaked Frank Ocean tracks for thousands of dollars, but the tracks weren't recorded by Frank Ocean at all. The tracks were made with AI and sold as leaked tracks in a community of underground music collectors. Now, uh, yeah, that sucks that uh, people got scammed uh, into buying uh, fake Frank Ocean songs. But I learned something new today. There is a community of underground music collectors that exists. I have never known this, but there are apparently a society of music lovers that trade unreleased audio files with each other and they buy and sell them with each other. Hmm. Interesting. That's that's some like messed up cult shit. That is like underground. Like that is <laughs> yeah. like the, uh, like uh, back in the like when we were growing up and like TV and stuff. It was just like, oh, you could get this off market, on on the black market, and then you would go and there would be some guy in a truck, like in the movies, and you'd buy like a, a cassette, whatever. <laughs> like this is that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Yeah, they apparently just like on Discord or wh- wherever they go, they're just like trading like unreleased tracks that the artist never like released. That's very interesting. Yeah. Chasing Dragonflies. Yeah. Like I agree. Movie. Chasing Dragonfly. <laughs> yeah. And, and what, what should the movie be called? Like and who stars in the movie? 
Those are like I would go see that movie. <laughs> the underground <laughs> music black market. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that yeah, that's what I learned. I mean, you know, importance that, you know, don't get scammed by AI bots creating fake music, but now we know. <laughs> Could just imagine just be like, hey uh, you want the new Taylor Swift book? <laughs> Uh, meet me at this address <laughs> come alone <laughs> um let's do one more and then we can we'll move on to the the album um let's do uh let's do a quick one uh, so remaining Soundgarden members and chris cornell's widow vicky cornell have come to a resolution to their long feud uh they were uh after chris cornell's death they're they did have a huge disagreement on what to do with the unreleased tracks by Soundgarden, uh, but they have come to resolution and it looks like the final Soundgarden uh, songs will be released with Chris Cornell on vocals. So it'd be very exciting. Uh, the last, last songs by Soundgarden will be released at some point in the near future. I would love to hear that. He's so good. He's so talented. Mm. Um, all right. So that's the music news for this episode. Let's get on to uh, the album review. Um, and everything has frozen. Oh, there we go. Uh, so for this week, we are going to be discussing Ed Sheeran's brand new album, Subtract. So Subtract, uh, and it's actually spelled out with a dash rather than the full word. So it's the actual symbol. But Just a part of the equation, man. Uh, I don't know. It, make, it makes searching the for equation. these like me, these albums so difficult when you have to like... Oh, yeah. I put a dash and like nothing came I up. I know. Like even his Divide album, like where's the Divide symbol on my keyboard? Mm. I can't find it. <laughs> Like there's no divide symbol. No, you got to do the back. You got to do the back. The back slash. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's so annoying. Uh, but anyways, Subtract is the sixth studio album by English singer-songwriter Ed Sheeran. It was released on May 5th, 2023. It was co-written by Aaron Desner of the indie rock band The National, who also produced Taylor Swift's albums Folklore and Evermore. Mm. Sheeran and Desner wrote over 30 songs together during a month-long studio session. It is the final album in Sheeran's mathematical-themed naming convention. So, Eric. Yep. <clears throat> you have a question? No. Uh, uh, well, actually, I do have a question. Okay. So, The National, like the Canadian band? uh the national there's a no that's a news program that's not a band oh no there's a band called the national i don't think they're canadian i'm pretty sure aaron desner is not canadian he's an american pretty sure the national is american really national is a canadian band that'll be news Uh, to me no there's not a it's not a canadian band It's not. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, okay. Who are you thinking of? So, and who's the guy's name? You said Aaron Desner, D E S S N E R, master producer these days. Anyways. Okay, so he's not. Okay, so wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong. I was completely wrong. We'll blame it on the uh, Ed Sheeran Scottish Ale. <laughs> That's what we'll blame it on. All right. I'm going to throw uh, it to you. Your thoughts yes. on the album. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> this is I, not going I feel well, like, Eric. This is, no, it's not. This, this no, I'm trying to find positive. something good. I'm trying to, yeah, no, it's not going to sound very positive because every time he releases an album now, like the more he releases the albums, the more it's just not getting good. Uh, he's just losing. Like I feel like he's losing his his mojo for writing music. Uh, I I felt like I really enjoyed the first two songs in the album, uh, and then the other songs were kind of just boring. Like I, I just felt like they were just very boring. And but a- after listening to this album, I do have a new theory about Ed Sheeran. Okay. Uh, so uh, for the song "Curtains," yes, title. Okay, track eight looks like. Yes. So he does like that. That like high, like <laughs> like you know when he does like something like that. Is this the falsetto song? 
no, 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 not the falsetto part where he's kind of like using like his his oh. throat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like to get that growl sound, yep. right? I have a theory that because I went back and listened to some other Ed Sheeran songs where he had this. I think that he forces the song to clip at that point for his vocals to get that sound. Because oh. I just I just don't feel like it's it sounds natural from him. So I feel like he's like and so those of you who don't understand what I'm saying so uh, like the microphone I'm talking on right now I have a volume on my uh interface that I'm using that the microphone's plugged into which the interface is plugged into my computer. Uh so there's a volume knob for the microphone. So if I crank that up to full I'm going to start to clip. So you'll see like a meter go up to red. And when it goes red, that's something you don't want in music. But if it goes up to red, it sounds almost distorted a bit. If I can explain, like, yeah. if I, am I explaining yeah. this yeah, correctly? Yeah. You mm -hmm. think? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what he's doing. I think he's, he's, he's forcing it. He's forcing that to clip. So it sounds like a growl. Oh. Now I haven't seen him live. Fascinating. Fascinating. So I've never actually like, I don't know if he's hitting those same notes as he is, but I feel like he would get the same effect out of the speaker. Yeah, you could, you could get it out of the speaker. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That'd be wild if mm. he did that. I mean, like, whatever. I'm not. It's. I. I don't think that's a negative. It's no. It's a, it's a cool effect if he does do that. No, and, and absolutely, like, like I think it's it's kind of neat, but it sounds like I'm like that kind of sounds like it's clipping, clipping. Oh. but it sounds it's it fits, it definitely fits. Um, cool. So that's that's one theory I've come up with <laughs> okay, okay. about Ed Sheeran listening to this album. Uh, but I, I just like so boat. I thought like it was a strong like it's it's like a typical Ed Sheeran song. Uh, Salty water, perfect follow up. Uh, the eyes closed. Maybe I'm just getting annoyed with the Ed Sheeran like signature vocal melody, the the ay 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 like you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'm just getting um, annoyed. Like I guess okay, th th thanks. We've heard these songs before, Ed. Um, Dusty, I thought was a garbage song. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I thought Dusty was a garbage song. I'm sorry. I'm putting it out there. <laughs> Eric, mm. we're going to have vastly different opinions about this album. I can tell you that right now. But, oh, are you serious? Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> having an argument here. But no, continue. continue. Okay. was that, That's going to be like Kem's favorite song that... on the album. <laughs> I don't have a favorite. Just full disclosure. Okay. Curtains. I liked curtains, but I liked... I thought the chorus was like the perfect chorus. Like it was like well-written, mm. but I just felt like the verse didn't fit mm. what was happening in the chorus. Right. Um, but I, I like uh, if I was I'd have to say the beginning half of this album was solid, but then, then you just start losing my interest as you keep going. <laughs> Okay. No, I got it. I I can I can understand that. Um okay, here's here's my <clears throat> here's my statement for this album. I think this is the best album Ed Sheeran has ever written no. in his career. No, no, but... no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll let you finish. <laughs> but Ed Sheeran's problem is that he he just I, he's the most generic artist out there so like mm -hmm. these songs just they're the same formula over and over again and every time i listen to some of these songs i'm like oh that borrowed an element from this famous pop song or that famous folk song or whatever mm -hmm. there are so many like four chord songs on this album there is no real variation anywhere he's like what are those birds that collect shit and then create a, a nest um <laughs> magpies he is a musical magpie where he just takes mm. shit from every single artist musician mm. song whatever and just puts it all together and it's just like this 
generic jumble of whatever that he's put together. And it's just like, mm. it's like a easy listening. It's the same thing over and over again. <laughs> but I still think this is Ed Sheeran's best album ever. No. Because <laughs> there is some, there is an element here where he's really trying to dig into a deep emotion on this album compared to his previous albums where it's like, I need to be famous. So I'm writing this pop song or I'm writing Mm -hmm. this hit for the radio and it needs to be like, you know, super generic and catchy so that it goes to number one on the billboard. Like that's how I feel a lot of his albums were written. They just need to be a hit. Whereas this one, it, Mm. when I listen to it, I, I don't hear that drive to be, um, popular right he's already done that he doesn't need to write a pop hit anymore these songs are he's trying to dig in deeper and a song like saltwater right Mm. you can tell the meaning of the song is really important it's about depression it's about reaching out for help it's okay to reach out for help when you're when you're depressed or not feeling good the problem is it turns in this like weird space where he's so generic that even his heartfelt lyrics are generic. So like, yes, the meaning of the song is like this, like deep, you know, emotional thing, but he's rhyming things like by and high and like sky and fly. Like it's the most generic thing and it loses the meaning. It's like rhyming 101. Yeah. Like, there's so many things in this album that I'm like, this could have been like, and Aaron Desner being the co-writer on this album makes sense to me because for me, this is like similar to Taylor Swift's folklore where I think folklore is the, the best Taylor Swift album that ever existed. And this subtract album from a tempo and from a mood perspective is in that mm-hmm. same vein, right? It's a stripped down, mm-hmm. there's no electronic drums. It's pretty much just an acoustic guitar and just ambient noise, right? It's in that same genre, but it's just not on that level of a folklore album where mm-hmm. the emotional uh, depth is not on this album. So I still think this is Ed Sheeran's best album, but that's not... That's not a good thing, I would say, because I I I don't I see I disagree with you that this is his best album because I have been listening to Ed Sheeran since he's been coming out and and I do enjoy like most of his music, but I feel like Divide is his best album. But don't you really... don't you find Divide had too much like synth? Like it was too much like in the moment. This is what's popular. It's like. There's some dubstep elements, like EDM elements in the songs. Yes, I, like... I agree. I agree with you, but like he's he's using like see now we sparked it. Uh, this is like our first <laughs> argument this year, here, everybody. <laughs> so I I feel like yes, you are correct. He does implement a lot of like, like flavor electronic of the day. sounds. Yeah, flavor yeah, of the day. Flavor of the day yeah. into it, but that's what he was kind of known for. He's using his loop pedal a lot right so he's using these like samples and stuff to create the songs so i can kind of accept that whereas this it felt like it was like i'm i just learned guitar ladies and gentlemen (laughs) so i'm going to i'm going to play you some songs right so uh like and 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 to go back on that i i think that the equals album which is the prequel to this uh i thought that that was way overdone like that was way over uh, produced, way over uh, like electronic sounds and everything. I think that Divide, and I would say the Multiplier or whatever the hell it's called, the X album, is like is like the go to album for for him. But uh, I, I just I I I get what you're saying, but but I. Like the rhyming, like like you said, like even like the lyrics, the lyrics yeah. like it's a more of a heartfelt album, yes, but it's more of like a simplified, like <laughs> you know, like I lost my dog. But but don't you? Feel oh like yeah. If you if you took away, I'm all... in a smog, right? Like like it just felt like so. I but, I don't know. But all those previous albums that he has, you strip away the drums, you strip away the guitars, like everything, right? Don't you feel mm-hmm. like lyrically? 
it would be on the same level as this album. Like I, I divide? don't. Yeah, divide all of them. Like I feel like lyrically, if you just stripped everything away, mm-hmm. I think I this one at least has a honest and emotional depth to it, whereas the other ones don't. But they're all at the really? same like lyrical level. Like a technical lyrical level, they're all the same. But I think this one at least comes from an honest space. An honest space. See, I, I don't feel that. Mm. Like I've always looked at him as a one-man show loop pedal guy. Yeah. That does his that does his little little effects. Like you're not going there seeing like shredding from Eddie Van Halen or anything like that, mm-hmm. right? You're just going there to see like a simplified acoustic folk music in it with a modern twist. And and like and then your argument I think is just like is Ed Sheeran like like good in that? Like I, I like in, in retrospect, his lyrics are the same. I feel yes. like his lyrics are the same across all the albums, across the board. Yeah. But musically, I I feel like this is just very flat, mm. and it's almost like he heard so much flack about the Equals album because it came out and everybody forgot about it. Like I like I don't even know what the hell the singles were on that album. I don't even think anybody cared about them. I, I right? think they charted, but they they were just like they were Shivers. like yeah they yeah they were good for like two weeks and then people like okay next song yeah like like who cares right uh like he hit his peak performance i think at divide and then he just went downhill like he overproduced and then now he's just like well i fucked up that album maybe we should take it down a notch and try to go back i i felt personally he was re trying to recreate his multiply album Mm. which just did just a terrible Right, because if you think about it, the Multiply album put him on the map. Like mm. that was the album that everybody was like, "This is Ed Sheeran. This is this guy's amazing. We need to, we need to like, right, whatever trend. We need to trend, <laughs> trending. He's trending everybody, right? So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I was very disappointed with, with Subtract. I thought it could have been a lot better. Mm. All right, before we we go on to like final stuff, Dusty, I'm surprised you say that's the worst song <laughs> he's like ever done. What, what do you think is the worst song? <laughs> I don't. To be honest, it's such a monotone album. I don't think mm. there's a best song or a like worst song on this album. They're all like so. Even even the last one, the Hills of Aberfeldy. Oh, full disclosure, we are only talking about the standard edition of this album. So we're not mm-hmm. talking about any of the the extra tracks on the deluxe or whatever. But even mm-hmm. the Hills of Ab- Aberfeldy, like that's a Irish folk song in that sort of vein, right? Mm-hmm. That even felt generic Ed Sheeran to me, even though it was a complete different genre shift relative mm-hmm. to the other songs. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised that Dusty of all songs sort of like stood out for you. <laughs> See, like uh, it, it stood out to me because it was an original, like the Hills of Aberfeldy. Like when I hear it, it's just a bad cover of the song, <laughs> to, to be honest. But I, I, I just felt like Dusty was just so like it was like that video you sent me of Noel Gallagher talking about how Christmas is boring. <laughs> like, like that's all I could think of. Like, the song is so boring. I see. Like, I there's see. Got it. there's nothing going on in this song. Like, I was just like, I don't what what is Dusty? I don't understand what what are you trying to say here? Got it. Uh, do you recall which song is the one where he goes acapella or not acapella um, falsetto the whole time? There was uh, one song where he's in falsetto the whole time. Yeah. Anyways, regardless, there it's, uh, it's near the end. I think it's either Sparker or Vega. Um, so normally I hate falsetto. If if you're singing the whole song in falsetto, I just like absolutely hate it. Whether it's Bono or Chris Martin or whoever does it. Like, it's just grating for me. Surprisingly, I really liked Ed Sheeran's falsetto on, on this track. Like, it was it was pretty, like, well done, in my opinion. Uh, mind yeah. you, you couldn't do that for, like, 10 minutes straight because falsetto is, like, too grating. But No, you can't. 
but I'm just trying to find it. But here. the song that he had it on, I thought that if I were to put like a standout track, I would put that one on just because it's so different from everything else on this album. Yeah. But other than that, man, like th- where this album and I hate to really compare this to folklore because it's not really a fair comparison, Mm-mm. but mm. like where I feel like that's controversial. You yeah. comparing this to folklore because I feel like folklore is like leagues better than no, this, no, no, yes, than this album. No, I agree. This is like I definitely agree. On welcome, that. welcome to the music club. It's <laughs> your your new, you know, found musician. <laughs> but but there's there's parallels here, right? Like Taylor Swift before mm-hmm. folklore is a lot of pop hits, country hits, like radio friendly songs, right? And then folklore comes out. It's just a stripped down acoustic essentially an acoustic uh album which subtract is a acoustic stripped down album and he's coming from mm-hmm. a lot of pop hits so uh, and obviously in terms of actual uh quality like there's no comparison between folklore but folklore has that mm-hmm. ability to have different differentiating songs one and lyrically there is something that is a bit more complex than what is presented on subtract like subtract lyrically i think is where it fails because when you do a strip down anything you better be on point with what you're saying because that is the only thing people can listen to if you're going to take out all the production Mm -hmm. all the drums all the guitar solos there is no hiding it like your words because that is the only thing that is going to be interesting on a stripped down album or song and and i really like and obviously i'm not using this album to compare it but uh you just saying that that is why songs of surrender is doing so well because these are songs that are recorded with a full band and they've been stripped down and nothing's really changed except for a couple songs but uh, but you could really hear the lyrics and, and you're right. Like, like, it's just, it's just the artist is on display. Mm-hmm. Give me give, like, what is your story? And I, I just felt like you got, like you went to like chapters or Indigo uh, or Barnes and Nobles for our friends in the States and sat down while somebody was reading a kid's novel out loud while the group of children are sitting around that's what i feel like this is (laughs) yeah i mean it's unfortunate because i i honestly like full honesty i really think this is ed sharon's best album that he's ever done but Mm -hmm. it's not for me it's not saying much because like it it's just not a good album Mm. it's not yeah (laughs) All right, final thoughts, ratings. Let's go. I mean, again, the mixing and everything is done. I'm still leaning on my theory of uh, that he's using the clipping to his advantage. Uh, I'm going to give this album a 3 out of 10. Wow, 3 out of 10. I didn't think that this was a special album. I don't even like the... Like, there's no minus symbol... In the album, like where is the where is the subtract symbol? He's subtracting all the production and all the all the. Extra it's a stuff. heart that looks like his face, like a terrible rendition of his face. Yeah, I don't know what's up with these artists with these yellow covers. Like Metallica had a yellow album, and now Ed Sheeran mm-hmm. has a yellow album. Like these are horrendous looking album covers. Like at least his other albums all had the symbol in it. Like you have the equal sign, clear equal sign, right? Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um. Oh, before I continue, I, I threw this in the Discord, but Saltwater, the verses, they're definitely uh, Our Lady Peace song, like for sure. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 you were totally right. I listened to that and I was like, this is Our Lady Peace. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same. I listened to Saltwater the first time. I was like, I know this song. I definitely mm. know this song. <laughs> and it took me like two days to figure it out. I was like, I know this melody is from somewhere. Mm. 
Oh my god, it's exact. Anyways, um, for me, and and I'm saying that this is Ed Sheeran's best album ever. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm still only gonna give it a five out of ten. Oh, <laughs> because like mediocrity at its best. <laughs> it, it just, I think that's Ed Sheeran's like mo, right? Like it's just mediocre. It's always been mediocre mm-hmm. with him, and you know what? He's had hit of after hit, so maybe mediocre is fine. Like there, he shouldn't really complain about that, because at the end of the day, he's like, like putting out hit records. But I just don't think, like this. I really feel like this album. He he really really he really tried to release something that was heartfelt and like stuff that he's feeling, and he really needs to get that message across. But from a technical perspective, that those lyrics just there's he's not conveying anything like you can tell he's trying to convey something but there's nothing mm-hmm. there yeah it's almost oh i think i lost eric eric was about to say something but i completely lost his audio so um maybe i will oh there he goes um <clears throat> anyways eric gave his rating of three three out of ten. Oh, he's back i'm back all right you, you didn't miss much. You definitely didn't. <laughs> Obviously, miss much. Ed Sheeran has canceled me. <laughs> yeah, Ed Sheeran's not happy with us right now. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Did you have a final thought there before you we lost you? Uh, I can't remember it. Okay. I forgot it. <laughs> Anyways, Eric gave it a three out of ten. I gave it a five out of five out of ten. It's not a great album. I, I don't know. I still think it's worth. I would still say it's worth checking out, but man, it could have been. Actually, no, it couldn't have there's, been better. It could not have been better because I don't think Ed Sheeran is, is capable of making it better. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like I, oh, that's the point I was gonna make. Um, when he does these songs with these other artists, I just find like the collaboration. Like I've never liked a collaboration. Um, mm. when it comes to uh, like. The famous one perfect with beyonce didn't like it right. and, and and there are a lot of songs that i like when the collaboration i like it better than the actual just original because it's like that is awesome like their their vocal lines line up like when he did his song with uh elton john not a fan yeah of the American, like like it, it, it i I think Ed Sheeran thinks that he's like, he's a one trick pony. He can play his, his loop pedal. Right. And that's it. Like he could play by himself, but when he starts collaborating with artists, like he's not choosing artists that would kind of play off each other. Even, yeah, he did the song of Eminem and it was just like, it was two individual songs in my opinion. Like it was M's verses and his chorus and it had nothing to do with each other. No, it didn't. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, that that was our discussion about uh, Ed Sheeran's brand new album, uh, Subtract. Uh, I don't know. I'd say check it out. There's there's no real. I don't think this is gonna chart. I mean, it went number one on Billboard, but like, I don't think there's a hit single on this album. Ed Sheeran, and you're gonna. I feel like you're gonna agree with me this with this one. Ed Sheeran is the guy that I would tell to check out when he comes out with the greatest hits album. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yes. Just check out the greatest hits, yeah. and you're caught up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that was the track by Ed Sheeran. Uh, for those of you following along with us every single week, the album that we will be listening to and discussing is uh, "Lustre Parfait" oh, by Gord baby. Downey and Bob Rock. <laughs> Honestly, I started listening. I started listening to this album, and I was like, "This is," and this is a bit of a sneak peek. But I was like, "This is where lyrics should be." Like when you're an artist, this is the quality of lyrics that should be written and sung. And Ed Sheeran is nowhere near the bar of Gord Downey, (laughs) the Canadian poet, my friend. I am so excited for next week's album, man. Oh. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Lester Parfait by Gord Downey and uh, Bob Rock will be for next week. Um, I think that should be about it. Uh, let me just update this. Oh, I, I'm lagging again. Give it one second. There you go. Sorry. 
Uh, let me update this, and we'll f- close this off. So uh, our controversial statement <laughs> for uh, this week is the English and the Irish are the same, <laughs> which I feel like we've started another war, but, you know. I didn't really say that, but <laughs> I, I love the... Uh... I love the over exaggeration on these. <laughs> um, and that's that's basically it. What genre is the next album? Uh, rock. I'd say rock. I would say rock. Yeah, folk rock. It's definitely. It's not like a soft rock type of thing. <laughs> yeah, I okay. So Luton, like, I, obviously your background is a bit Scottish. <laughs> So, like, the Scottish hate everybody <laughs> in the UK. And then, like, yeah, like, there's a lot of conflict between those people, especially when the world rugby comes out. Then it's, like, all hands, like, all gloves are off. Uh, anyways, that's uh, that's it for us. That was this week's uh, Crossroads Music Podcast. We're here live at twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast. Uh, catch us on Spotify, Apple Music. We're here live streaming every Monday at uh, 10 p.m. ET, 7 p.m. PT. Um, I think that's about it. I don't think there's anything else to, to conclude here. Uh, Eric, any closing thoughts before we wrap this all up? I mean, don't let AI take over our music, everybody. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Good night, everyone. And we will see you all next week.